Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Dale Post. Uh, he's the CEO of Microbiome Therapeutics, and they've just launched uh, what's called Biome Bliss. It's a gastrointestinal microbiome modulator uh, that he's going to get into the details of. So, Dale, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, tell me, basically, what's the premise of uh, Microbiome Therapeutics, and then we'll talk about Biome Bliss after that. So the, the microbiome is, is one of the, the most interesting areas in the, the biomedical sciences that has come along in the last uh, decade or so. And it's, it's the study of uh, microorganisms inside and, and on our, our bodies. And, uh, you know, historically over the last uh, century or so, people have thought that uh, microbes are, are bad and uh, we've, we've led to cleaner and cleaner lives over the decades. And now people have gotten full circle and recognize that the microorganisms inside our body aren't just an afterthought. They're actually integral to our health. And so we started a company uh, nine years ago, Microbiome Therapeutics, to focus on means by which we can help bolster the health of our microbiome in order to help bolster the health of the individual. Mm. Are there any particular conditions or circumstances in which um, you know, microbiome therapy works better for people than others? So, yes is the short answer, but the fascinating thing is, uh, and, and, and uh, your, your audience may be interested in, in playing this, this game here, is, is take the word microbiome and any other indication, any indication of health. It could be cancer, it could be autism, it could be psoriasis, it could be any, anything, and, and see what comes up. What you'll find, I think, is that in a vast majority of those combinations of, of words that you might put into a, a search engine, you'll find that there's active research in finding a connection between the microbiome and something going amiss in our bodies. But where you'd go to initially for things in the gut are autoimmune diseases, IBD, IBS. Um, also, uh, the progression uh, to uh, overeating and obesity, uh, prediabetes, uh, diabetes, uh, but also to other areas where people have started studying um, uh, central nervous uh, orders, uh, disorders, and um, uh, other autoimmune diseases that are sort of distal to or, or uh, apart from uh, the GI. So I think it's a fascinating area to watch because I think this is an area where breakthroughs are going to take place. Um, but as it relates to how you can help, um, that, that question goes to what went wrong in the first place. And the short answer mm -hmm. is that it is our diets. Our diets are the number one uh, problem uh, over the last uh, 30 or 40 years. Uh, our genetics certainly hasn't changed. Um, maybe we've been over over uh, prescribed um, antibiotics occasionally, uh, but really our, our diets have, have gone wild uh, with abundance. And with that abundance, uh, the things that have been taken out of our diet are things like fermentable fiber and prebiotics, which is what our company is all about. Mm. So, all right. So uh, what does microbiome therapeutics offer as a solution? Are you selling prebiotics or is it more of a customized solution? What does it look like? 
Yeah, so when, when we look at uh, the trends and, and look at the nutrients that, that most people are, are um, choosing to consume these days, um, what is, is really missing is fermentable fibers. And uh, the, the language itself that we use has sort of failed us to be able to describe the problem that we've created for ourselves. Um, when I say the word fiber, uh, some people are going to think about bran muffins and, and roughage. Um, and uh, when I say the word prebiotics, some people are going to hear the word probiotics. And mm. let me let me sort of cut through some of that because I think it's important to to learn the new distinctions that are emerging from this field of the microbiome. Is when when we're looking at our GI tract, it's we used to think of it as being ways that, you know our, that our body would take in the food and through the process of it moving from our, our mouths out to the backside, it, energy would be extracted and and uh, we would have gotten the benefit from the food. Now it's recognized that that's true of the of the stomach and the small intestines. But in the large intestines, something else is going on. Um, it, it may only be an hour or so that the food is in our stomach and maybe just a few hours that it's in the lar- uh, small intestines. But by the time it's in the large intestines, it can be there for perhaps 10 or 20 or 25 hours. And what's happening during that time, it's, it's fermenting and creating other molecules. And it's those molecules that are really important for our, our body's health. So what a microbiome therapeutics is doing is creating a blend of those um, ingredients that we would normally take in a n- normal healthy diet and providing that in a very convenient drink. So if you wanted to become a vegan and eat uh, only fruits and vegetables, uh, that would be one way of doing it. But a lot of, a lot of people aren't, aren't going to do that. They're going to continue on with their diet. So we've given people a very convenient way of getting those nutrients that the microbiome, the microorganisms that live in our large intestines, to get those nutrients to them in a very easy, convenient fashion. And the nutrients are called prebiotics, right? AKA food yeah. for the microbiome. Exactly. So the, the probiotics are are bacteria that we can buy, and there's maybe forty or fifty different species of bacteria you can buy um, as supplements on the on the grocery store shelves and stuff, and that's fine. It, as it turns out, there's about maybe eight hundred different species of microorganisms in, that live in our lower GI. So those that you can buy commercially are, are a small fraction of those that are are there. And what's important to note is that you can overeat yourself. You can take too many calories in yourself while simultaneously underfeeding the microorganisms in your lower GI. So one of the analogies I make to help people um, get comfortable with the distinction between prebiotics and probiotics is if if you imagine, let's say, a a desert and your intention was to have more strawberries grow in that desert, if you were to take strawberry seeds and throw on the desert floor, the chances are you're not going to get more strawberries. What was missing in that scenario was the nutrients and the 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 you know sort of the fertilizer and the and the water to to help those strawberry seeds become strawberries. That's one analogy. It's a rough analogy, but it gets the idea that it's not always the seed or the probiotics that are, that are the, the things that are missing, but rather the, the the materials to to help nurture and nourish those. Another analogy might be as if you were brewing beer, and uh, imagine a, a brewer of beer having a big vat. Um, and something has gone amiss with their brew, and they're just not getting enough alcohol content in their 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 beer. They might say, "Well, we should add more yeast," and they they didn't get any more mm. alcohol, so they added a double double the yeast yet again, and they didn't get any more alcohol. Well, the, the issue there was that they weren't providing the nutrients for the yeast in the first place. In that case, it would have been sugar. So what we're talking about here is prebiotics, which is the the, the molecules that we also call fiber. They're fermentable fiber that go into the lower GI 
and nurture those those 800 uh, species of microorganisms that live there. And what they do with that is actually produce additional molecules. And, and that's a, a very interesting part of the story. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, so, you know, I guess another example is like if you eat hot dogs every day and you don't eat any vegetables, well, the only thing that can survive in your gut is like hot dog eating bacteria and the vegetable eating bacteria, which may be beneficial to you. There's just nothing for them to eat. So they'll die and they'll be taken over by the hot dog eating bacteria, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's even, even simpler than that in the sense that a lot of our diets have turned into simple carbs. And so obviously we, we eat too much sugar. Uh, things like pasta and bread and rice and potatoes are all yummy for us. And so when we eat a couple thousand calories of those things, it's even worse than the example of the hot dogs you gave because actually literally none of the nutrients will get down there. Um, you know, if it was whole grain, uh, uh, pasta, maybe some. But so what, what we're talking about is, is feeding the, the lower GI, the bacteria um, that, that are naturally occurring there, and their populations w- we can come back. If they're fed well, they'll come back. And when they come back, what's interesting is, is that the molecules that they produce have a profound impact on our physiology, and that's what's missing. Uh, so we did two clinical trials uh, with our product, which we call Biome Bliss, which was just launched a, a few weeks ago. And those clinical trials were undertaken uh, at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. They were done the, the you know real um, the real deal way. It was a, they were double blinded, uh, placebo controlled, randomized uh, clinical trials, and and we had some fantastic results from those clinical trials. Yeah, can you go into some more detail? You know, like, you know, you're talking about beneficial molecules created by you know, quote unquote, the right bacteria. So what are some of those molecules and what are the effects that they have in the body? Right. So, so uh, the, the clinical trials uh, that we undertook were in individuals that had uh, high BMIs. Uh, that was the first trial. Uh, and the second trial were those people that had had uh, metformin intolerance, meaning they had, uh, in, in most cases, diarrhea uh, caused by their meds, in that case, uh, metformin. And um, so the, the trial was uh, with the placebo, meaning there was a, a product that, that uh, and they couldn't tell what they were taking. They, they took uh, for four weeks a, a product, and, and uh, it was either a flavored drink that was uh, our product or the same flavored drink that was uh, a, a, um, a blank, if you will. And hmm. so the, the difference was uh, we picked up three uh, important signals, um, and one of them we, we refer to as satiety. And that's basically the absence of hunger is the easiest way of thinking about that. So the individuals that had been on the, the product for some time and also the placebo were asked a series of standardized questions that had been calibrated in previous clinical trials at the end of the trial. And it turns out that the, the amount of food that they recognized that they were interested in eating and that they believed that they had been eating was much reduced with the, uh, the, when they were uh, have, having been taking our product. So their satiety, they were satisfied uh, uh, at a higher level than, than those that hadn't been on our product. The, the, and, and, there, and there's a, a reason why we believe that that worked. And that's because the design of the product is designed to help the microbiome, the, the, the microorganisms in, in the large intestines, produce more short-chain fatty acids. Short-chain fatty acids is the work product of our product working in the, in the lower GI. And those short-chain fatty acids is a, a group of molecules that then um, interact with the, the cells on the surface of our large intestines, and those cells then produce uh, gut hormones, and those gut hormones convey to our brain that we are satisfied. Now, remember, this, this can be as many as, as 10 hours after we've eaten, eaten the, the product. So there's sort of an accumulative effect that happens over a period of a couple of days after you've taken our product. 
The other uh, signal that came out was GI health. Uh, so people that had um, uh, occasional constipation or occasional diarrhea had less of it. And then the third um, measure was uh, what's known as postprandial uh, blood glucose response or oral glucose tolerance test. Um, if you take a, a slug of sugar as a, a, a serving of pecan pie might constitute, but there's a standardized way of doing that in a clinical trial, then your, your blood sugar naturally spikes and then comes back down over a period of time. And they look at those two numbers, the, the, the peak of that spike and then how long it takes to come back down again. And in the case right. of those people that had been taking our product, uh, the, peak, the peaks were, were lower and the, t the time it took to return to normal was shorter. And that's a really important oh, deal. That's great. Because um, yeah. those blood sugar spikes uh, can, uh, you know, sort of cause those highs and lows. Uh, if you ever felt, you know, after a, eating a sugary meal, you know, an hour or two after the meal, you sort of feel like this uh, weird uh, low, um, and that's and that's because it's sort of just a, a pure sugar thing. And with our product, it sort of evens that out. It's almost as if it takes a glycemic index of the foods you're eating and reduces the glycemic in, in index. And that we believe is coming from a couple of different mechanisms. Again, probably caused by the short chain fatty acids. You think it's um, is it improving the glycemic index by improving insulin sensitivity? You think that's the mechanism? There's a few different mechanisms. Uh, one of them can be as simple as decreasing the gastric emptying. So, so there's a valve at the at the uh, uh, between the, the stomach and the small intestines. And if your body knows that it's got this, this load of a meal that you had taken maybe 10 hours previously still in your large intestines, then it recognizes that and it doesn't just dump the, 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 the subsequent meal into the small intestines. And then there's also, as you rightfully pointed out, insulin sensitivity. Um, and, um, the, uh, the, the general response to the glucose uh, is, is, uh, a, a complicated process of, of, the, the absorption of the glucose into the bloodstream and then it's, it's uh, incorporation into the, in the tissues. And uh, so both of those things are, are probably at work with the, uh, with the, um, the hormones that are uh, at work here. The short-chain fatty acids produce uh, PYY and GLP-1 uh, gut hormones. So if there's, um, you know, it sounds like your solution is not depending upon people changing their diet enough that they'll get these benefits on their own. Um, what do the studies or what does your work tell you if, if people do go ahead and change their diet, how much easier is this process of, you know, reworking their system so that they're healthier, they either lose weight or they, again, experience more satiety or whatever the other beneficial factors are that you mentioned, you know, with or without the diet part. Yeah. So, so how effective is this? So we, we think that, that, uh, people should, uh, you know, adopt better diets and, and get better exercise. That's, that's really important. And that message has to be repeated. That being said, we all know that it, it's hard for people to start that process. And so one of the, 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 the negative spirals that takes place is people diet. And when they're, they, they diet, um, all sorts of things come into work. There's a, a guilt when they eat again. Um, uh, the, their metabolism slows down and, and dieting is notoriously inefficient and ineffective. Uh, those that are uh, successful at losing, let's say, 20, 30, 40 pounds, uh, lots of them gain that weight back again. So it's, it's a real, real tough thing that, that, that people are, are dealing with. So what we, we, we're not presenting our product as being a, a means of losing weight. But what we do believe is that as part of a, a supervised uh, a diet, that this is a diet aid that helps you manage your hunger. And with those blood sugar uh, swings uh, reduced, 
um, and with the uh, satiety increase and the hunger decreased, um, that that's going to improve your chances of success. Now, with that initial success, we believe also people should begin to incorporate into their diet a, a healthier mix. Do do have some more of those vegetables. Maybe some of those vegetables can be, even be raw. Maybe increase uh, the, the number of uh, servings of fruits that you have uh, per day. Um, people would be amazed at how much fruit and vegetables they're supposed to eat per day. It's like, you know, eight or ten servings. And so this will allow yeah. them to more easily reach that goal initially, and then they can wean themselves of this product and, and work their way to just normal groceries, which are the healthier, healthier way to do it for the long haul. So um, we, we think this is a good on-ramp to healthier eating. What about having, um, you know, probiotics as well? Is that necessary? Is the drink enough? Um, you know, how much would that help if you did that as well? I think it depends a lot on the on the uh, indication that, that people are are addressing. Um, you know, probiotics uh, will certainly work for some people some of the time. There's there's lots of different types of probiotics are, that are out there. Uh, there's first generation probiotics that are out there today. Typically, the bacteria found in probiotics today have come from fermented foods, you know, like uh, milk, fermented milk or sauerkraut. There's a few that come from other sources. Um, soon, in the next five years uh, or seven, eight years, there will be another generation, a second generation of probiotics. And they're, they're already being studied quite aggressively today. And, and those, interestingly, are going to largely come from feces. Um, and so people have studied uh, different diseases and found that some people are missing some bacteria and and they they catalog which which of those have been missing in a state that people call as dysbiosis dysbiosis meaning out of balance and if they're missing let's say a group of 20 or 30 or 40 different species of bacteria then those bacteria can be found in healthy individuals so um there's a whole type of experiment that's done not, not experiment but actually clinical practice of fmt fecal microbiota transplant where feces is actually transplanted as if it were an organ from the, the colon of one individual to another individual, and it's, it's shown great success in many indications. So obviously, that's, that's going to be done rather selectively and carefully, and is a little bit uh, peculiar, gross even to, to, to think about. It's happening now. There's been something like 40,000 of them undertaken around the, the, the country. But the next generation of probiotics is going to be special bacteria selected in, in a similar fashion, but for those indications. So they won't be things that you'll pick up at the at the Whole Foods store and, and the supplement section of your grocery store, but they'll be um, actually drugs that you'd be prescribed by your physician, and that those will be another generation. Mm -hmm. So I think probiotics are, are of interest. They should be um, considered. Uh, what we do believe is that prebiotics is, is, um, is another way of doing it. Now, what's important about prebiotics, however, is that it's, it's not all prebiotics are created equally. Um, there are some prebiotics that are sort of broad-spectrum prebiotics, and, and one of them is inulin. We actually inc incorporate some inulin in our product. But if you were to take 20 grams of inulin, that would just be too much. It would cause uh, flatulence. And so what we've, we've designed is a, it's actually a pretty uh, clever uh, uh, aspect of the product. It's actually the subject of a patent, is we've designed a set of three different prebiotics that work together to shift the, the production of hydrogen to production of even more short-chain fatty acids. And we do that with the mm. incorporation. Of polyphenols and polyphenols are um, the the stuff you'd find in the colored part of, of fruit, um, and, and it's why people say that, that red wine is good for you. It's not the alcohol in the red wine; it's actually the polyphenols, um, and those polyphenols we get from blueberries. What we've done with the product is we've taken away the sugar from the blueberries, so we have the polyphenols 
uh, from the blueberries. We have um, the beta-glucan, which is a healthy part of the oats without the calories. And we've taken the inulin, uh, in our case from agave, without the, the bulk of the other materials. And then we've put that into a sweetened uh, 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 drink mix. So you're getting what would have been 380 calories and a rather large pile of fruit and vegetables and oats. And we're getting that in 60 calories. So we've reduced the calories by virtue of getting rid of the sugar primarily and then retained mm. the fiber of these different types. And it's the polyphenols that in one group of the bacteria, um, the, the bacteria that happen to like the polyphenols, and they're, 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 they have uh, too few uh, polyphenols uh, in most people's diets. But once they are given a sufficient number of polyphenols, they grab the hydrogen that is produced by the first set of bacteria that are eating the inulin and produce even more short-chain fatty acids. So it's sort of a, a cascade where we're shifting and biasing the activity biologically from some set of bacteria to another set of bacteria that needed the polyphenols that would have otherwise been in short supply. That's where a mix and a proper blend of prebiotics is, is really an important thing. And that's why we spend as much money and time as we did to create Biome Bliss. It makes sense. Yeah. And I guess the general premise seems to be that it's more effective to feed the bacteria you want um, instead of just, you know, eating or consuming a whole bunch of probiotics of bacteria that you're hoping to take up residence in your gut. Yeah. And, and the fact is, that if, if you're feeding them um, well, the, they're usually there in some numbers. I mean, if they're literally gone completely 100%, then so be it. You, you may need to, to have some probiotics. But typically in, in our, our day-to-day lives, we're not living in a sterile environment, in a sterile bubble, most of us. And so as, as you're just being exposed to the environment and the foods that we eat, um, you're, you're getting a lot of those bacteria species exposed to you. But the reason why they're not taking hold in your lower GI is they're just being underfed. They're being outcompeted uh, by other bacteria. And so probiotics will have their place for some patients some of the time. Um, and we think the prebiotics is really the, <clears throat> the primary thing that's been missing in most of our diets. What about, um, did, did you look at the, the, the base diet of the people in the, in the clinical trials? You know, where, um, did you have meat eaters in there that uh, the, the Biome Bliss worked better for? Or did it work better for vegetarians? Or it, it was pretty good for all of them? Did you notice any difference there? Yeah, the selection criteria didn't go on on diet. It went on on BMI, and if they had been diagnosed as being pre-diabetic, so it it, it didn't make that cut. Mm-hmm. There have been other studies, however, done along the lines that you suggest. For example, um, you, you may have heard that that uh, eating meat is considered to be a, a, a possible uh, contri- uh, contribution to um, development of cancer, and uh, the stu- study was done several years ago, and it turns out that TMAO is a molecule that is found in individuals that eat meat. Um, but as it turns out, the fascinating thing is that TMAO is not in the meat itself. It comes about from the process of the bacteria in people uh, uh, that are meat eaters. They convert uh, the meat into the TMAO. Interestingly, when they took vegetarians and fed them meat, they didn't produce the TMAO because those bacteria um, uh, aren't there to be able to produce that, that, that molecule that is, is considered to be dangerous. So as you say, there are going to be differences depending on what the prior diet is. Now, some people have taken that to the next level, which is, oh, now that we know that different people have had, um, you know, they have different microbiomes, we must tailor uh, their remedies appropriately because we have to have personalized medicine now. And, you know, there will be situations like that. There will be those uh, individuals that will require certain probiotics, for example, and maybe some certain prebiotics. But by and large, I think that, you know, probably 80, 80%, 90%, 95% of the cases today are because people's diets aren't good. So to do a personalized screening 
on people's microbiome right now um, would be the same tantamount to saying, do, do you have a good diet or do you have a bad diet? Because if you have a bad diet, and you're not eating uh, the requisite number of uh, fruits and vegetables per day, and you're having a whole bunch of simple carbs and too many sugars, then I, I can predict pretty accurately that you're, uh, that you're going to have an issue with your microbiome. And the number one way to be able to fix that would be to start adjusting the prebiotic content in your diet, either by eating uh, uh, more fruits and vegetables. Hopefully some of those would be raw. Uh, if you became a vegan, that'd be great. I'd probably fix it right away. But the fact is, is that a lot of people, they're not going to do that. So this is a more convenient way to be able to make that, those dietary adjustments. And um, uh, so that, that sort of customized dieting uh, part, I think, is, is perhaps for, for a fewer number of people than you might think. So what's ahead for the tailoring of the Biome Bliss drink? What, what do you think you can do to make it um, you know, more effective or maybe have additional functions beyond satiety, you know, maybe, maybe weight loss or other, you know, other benefits? Well, there's a, a variety of, of additional in, ingredients, different sources of the same ingredients. Uh, we'd like to get the product into different formats. Uh, right now, we have uh, one flavor. It's a drink mix, and uh, we can develop the product into different flavors. Uh, we've also um, uh, put out recipes for the product, which which could also become products in their own right as, as snack bars. Um, the snack bars wouldn't be baked. Um, they would be also raw. The, the ingredients that are in Biome Bliss are sensitive to heat. So if, if you take, um, uh, for example, the polyphenols from blueberries, you really, really can't um, uh, cook those and, and have them retain their, their uh, molecular qualities that we're looking for. So uh, I think having different ways of taking the product. So, uh, you know, as a drink mix, it's good. You can take it um, once or twice a day. Smaller person once a day would be fine for a bigger person two a day. But in order to provide a long-term solution, I think having a, a, a different blend of different types of products. So sometimes it's a snack bar. You can throw it into your uh, lunch pail, uh, take to work or school, uh, and maybe different flavors of drinks would be just help help people uh, uh, mix it up a little bit. How, how long um, have some people been on Biome Bliss? Has anyone been taking it for six months or a year, like every day? Yeah, we've, we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people taking Biome Bliss. Uh, there's probably a few dozen that have been taking it for many months, um, and uh, we get feedback. It, it was interesting because when we do clinical trials, you're asking rather specific questions of people and uh, measuring you know, rather specific things uh, biochemically. Um, but when you you get more and more people that are just giving you anecdotal feedback, then it, it's um, it's less controlled. It's perhaps less scientific. Uh, but you, by by dint of the, the numbers, you, you begin to, to see patterns. And so um, uh, we get feedback from people that, that regularity uh, is something that they're, they're, they're looking for from the product. Um, some people have made reference to the ethereal uh, word energy. They've felt better energy. Mm. And um, we half suspect it has to do with the blood sugar swings, but we don't know for sure. Uh, I personally like it for satiety. When when um, uh, I've been I've been trying that that five two diet, which is intermittent fasting, where you you take two days a, a week and you just don't eat. And I've uh, right. loaded up with uh, Biome Bliss uh, starting in the day before those the, those fast days. Um, so that is is is, is uh, why I, I particularly like the product. Uh, on the regularity side, interestingly, people have said it works uh, for occasional constipation, and other people have said that it works for occasional diarrhea. Different people, and um, when you mm. think about it, it makes a lot of sense because what what is constipation and what is diarrhea? It's either the excess or, or too little water in the in the stool as it's sort of being prepared for for a bowel movement, if you will, and so. 
of course it's going to have something to do with microbiome that 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 portion of the body is 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 about three pounds of 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 uh active biological material and the 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 bacteria the microorganisms that are in that material are are actively engaged in biological activity and if they're being fed um uh, well, then they'll behave normally, and if they're not, perhaps it will lead to um, uh, irregularity. So it, it, it's fascinating to, to get the feedback from people, and that's one of the, the things that's enjoyable about having launched the product is we get feedback from people that really enjoy the product and want to use it for a reason that we didn't anticipate. And how long, once someone starts drinking, you know, drinking the drink, do they tend to uh, observe effects? Well, it, I think it depends a little bit on which of the effects that they've, they've noticed. Um, and uh, it also depends on the uh, size of the individuals. What we found is, is individuals that are, are larger, perhaps they're, they're carrying a little bit more weight than, than others. Um, maybe they should start slowly and maybe take half a serving and, and over a period of a few days sort of inch it up from half a serving to a full serving and then to a serving and a half to two servings. And maybe do that over a period of a week or two. Um, and uh, they might pick up on the satiety. Um, uh, other people, if, if there's a, an issue of regularity, they might they might pick that up more more rapidly. Um, I've uh, heard the energy feedback from just after a few days, so I think it depends a little bit on which the indications of is or, or sort of the um, uh, the signs that people are looking for, and um, they may each have their different time points. Um, in our clinical trials, they were four weeks long. And uh, so we, we didn't have them come back every single day and, and get measured every single day because that just is too expensive to do all the all the blood work. Mm. And so uh, in, in that sense, it was a four week long study um, for things like uh, managing or with a, a supervised diet. If people are a part of a supervised diet and they, they want to see an effect, we would recommend that give it at least a month to to uh, to get the, the full effect. And, and in many cases, even more um, some of the. the uh, Blood numbers that a doctor might want to be looking at uh, could take as many as 12 weeks to show up if, if you if you changed your diet. So taking Biome Bliss is as if you were changing in a good way your diet, and it's easier to affect, if you will. It's easier to implement. It's easier to, to enter into your daily routine. And one of the ways we we like to think about that is that dieting and diets we we tend to think of it as the the bad things that we're eating. And there's a guilt trip associated with that, and there's sort of a, a recoiling against, I'm not going to stop eating those things because I like it too much, and all that sort of part. And what we've seen with the microbiome, there's another way of thinking about it. It's not just the bad things that we're, we're eating. It's the good things that we're not eating. And so BiomeBliss mm -hmm. provides a really easy way to get into your diet, a very convenient way, and, and a way that's easy to sort of develop the habit of adding this drink to your diet because you're drinking things anyway. So if I asked you to eat a new pile of, of fruits and vegetables that was, you know, six inches high and 12 inches uh, around every day, you'd say, well, I'm not going to do that. And most people would say that. But if you ask them to add this to their 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 uh, routine, it is pretty easy to do. And it's it's as as if the goodness in that pile of fruits and vegetables is there. So we, we think it's it's mm. a, a thing that people will will really like and they respond to and, and will help them in ways that perhaps even probiotics haven't in the past. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So what, uh, you know, let's give listeners, uh, you know, how do they order it? Where do they go? And, um, you know, what does it look like when it comes? Does it come in like a refrigerated, you know, box or does it just come in the mail and it's powder and they mix it in? Or, what, you know, what are some of the mechanics of it? Well, the product's name is Biome Bliss, B-I-O-M-E, Bliss, B-L-I-S-S. -S. 
And you can get it on Amazon. You can go to our website, which is thebiomebliss.com, and uh, you can order it. The, the product itself is a canister of 15 servings. Um, and a serving is uh, it's a powdered uh, drink mix. So it, there's a scoop in the, in the canister, and you take one scoop and put it into a glass of, of water and just mix it up, and, and uh, you can drink it just like that. Uh, a lot of people yeah. will put it into a blender with some ice and maybe some almond milk. That's a real um, upgrade, if you will. Uh, you can make it fancy like that. And, and occasionally, I've even made it into snack bars and, and little bonbons that, that uh, are, are a, a good snack to, to, to take to work. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Okay. And then, um, you know, if people want to reach out and find out more, uh, maybe to talk to you about, who knows, collaboration, questions, et cetera, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So on the website, there's a, an information uh, number uh, to or uh, email to, to uh, send us an email on. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Dale, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, I'm intrigued by your solution. I'm going to check this out and uh, try it myself and then and report in and let you know because I'm always looking for ways to improve how I feel. So thank you. Thanks for having me. And, and uh, check out the microbiome in general. This is a fascinating subject. And this is a, a great way to start taking advantage of, of the new insight. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.